This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan's Vice President William Lai has said that an attack on the country by China would lead to global support for Taiwan. Commenting on the international reaction to Ukraine, he told Yahoo TV on Wednesday that Taiwan must nevertheless be fully prepared for the worst. The Vice President said Taiwan must strengthen its own defense capabilities to safeguard the country's democracy and sovereignty regardless of international support. But he said that as long as Taiwan keeps to the principles of democracy and freedom, he expects the international community to come to its aid. For more on how the situation in Ukraine can provide lessons for Taiwan, our reporter Jaime Ocon spoke to Wu Tonghan, an associate professor at National Zhengzhou University's College of International Affairs. He began by asking what Taiwan can learn from the international support shown for Ukraine as it faces a Russian invasion. Uh, we are a small country. So this time we can see Ukraine has received a huge amount of support, uh, not only from like material support, but spiritual support from international society. So it has a pro provided a useful lesson for the Taiwanese society. First thing is how to build up strong connection with the international society and uh, actively engage with country with similar values. Like what I say, uh, we previously, you know, we need to build strong connection with democratic countries and also the country with similar government structures. The second thing is we need to create, uh, we call I call it a community with similar security and economic interest, especially Taiwan as a uh, we are a country with very uh, we have very strong and uh, uh, you know international uh, recognized uh, high tech uh, industries and especially uh, TSMC we provide a lot of uh, ele electronic chips uh, to the international society. Coming back to Taiwan, many people here have been rallying in support of Ukraine by stepping up donations. Aside from gathering financial aid, the country's foreign ministry is accepting donations of supplies as well. Hundreds of boxes of food, warm clothing and other daily necessities have been gathered with more donations coming in. The ministry's donation drive will run through March 18th, after which the collected goods will be sent to European countries hosting Ukrainian refugees fleeing the Russian invasion. Our reporter Ken Ning is at the Foreign Ministry collection site. I'm out of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs where a fund has been set up to help the refugees of the war in Ukraine. Taiwan has received 416 million Taiwan dollars or 16 million US dollars over the past week from the people of Taiwan. The people has not just been donating money to the ministry members of the public has been donating boxes of supplies and materials since the start of the week. Taiwanese are willing to help. Like, like we said, we can help and we are willing to help. And I mean, there's lots of people, they are around to share not only their money, but also their supplement. Uh, so I think that's uh, how Taiwanese shows our capability and also our ability to help the international society. 
It's not unusual for Chinese companies to try to lure Taiwanese talent from the high-tech sector with the promise of higher pay. But any economic activity involving Chinese money in Taiwan is strictly governed by cross-strait investment laws. Taiwan's Justice Ministry is investigating whether certain local companies have illegally received Chinese money for the purpose of poaching Taiwanese talent. Eight companies located in science parks around Taiwan are being probed. They are involved in key economic sectors like semiconductors, integrated chip design and electric vehicles. Prosecutors allege that these companies have already recruited high-level or technical employees from Taiwanese firms, leading to the theft of intellectual property and large financial losses. The exact scale of these losses is yet to be determined. Taiwan will be implementing stiffer penalties for drunk drivers and their passengers by the end of the month. The Transportation Ministry is introducing harsher punishments following a spike in fatal drunk driving incidents. John Van Trieste has this report. Zero tolerance. That's the message Taiwan's government hopes to send to would-be drunk drivers with new measures set to take effect March 31st. Among the new rules are provisions targeting repeat offenders. Under current law, the government can publish the names and photos of people caught drunk driving more than once in a five-year period. But come the end of March, that period will be extended to 10 years. The new rules also target drunk drivers' passengers. The maximum fine for passengers at least 18 years old is going from 3,000 NT dollars to 15,000 NT dollars. That's a jump from around 105 U.S. dollars to around 530 U.S. dollars. The new rules follow amendments to Taiwan's criminal code in January that increased prison sentences for those caught driving under the influence from two years to three. All this after a 10% spike in fatal drunk driving cases in 2021 killed 318. Campaigners against drunk driving are pleased with the heavier fines to be imposed on passengers. But they also say that more must be done to treat the root causes of drunk driving by paying more attention to issues like the availability of treatment for alcoholism. Klein Wong and John Vintriest for Taiwan Plus. Hong Kong's COVID crisis is spiraling out of control. The death rate in the city is now the highest in the world, and that's causing concern not far away in Taiwan, where projections now show that a similar scenario could result in thousands of deaths. So what lessons can Taiwan learn from Hong Kong's COVID crisis? Ryan Hoka-Patrick takes a look. Morgues and hospitals are full, while supermarkets and schools are empty. Hong Kong, once one of the world's best models for containing COVID, now has the highest death rate from the virus in the world. So how did a city with over two years to prepare go from success story to cautionary tale? I think reasons for that were uh, really to do with the very poor vaccination rate and the most vulnerable segment of the population, which is the elderly. We had uh, basically zero community transmission for months on end. So it wasn't an immediate threat. It was something distant. And vaccination wasn't tied to any end result. So that led many people to basically uh, swear off vaccines, especially among the elder population who had this absolutely unmovable misconception that if you have chronic medical conditions, then you shouldn't get vaccination. When Omicron first hit Hong Kong at the beginning of the year, only around a fifth of elderly residents were fully vaccinated. That's since risen to 30%. But for the hundreds of unvaccinated elderly Hong Kongers who have died, it was already too late. In a way, Hong Kong had become a victim of its earlier success. 
the kind of risk benefit analysis that people under undergo when they're considering vaccination is highly distorted in Hong Kong. So in many people's minds, there is a misconception that vaccines are as dangerous as COVID. There are many reasons for that, uh, principally being a very, very steady drumbeat in the local media about deaths that occur after vaccination. Healthcare providers in Hong Kong haven't exactly helped a lot of the time, especially in the early, early days of the vaccination campaign. Honestly, everybody was so risk averse that they failed to see the real threat. The crisis in Hong Kong and its causes haven't gone unnoticed in Taiwan. On Monday, the CDC's daily press briefing saw direct comparisons between Hong Kong's elderly vaccination rate and Taiwan's. Taiwan is doing much better than Hong Kong, but it is also far behind other regional peers like Singapore, where close to 95% of the elderly are fully vaccinated. Based on 2020 population data, there are currently close to 195,000 unvaccinated people aged 80 and over in Taiwan. If the country experiences a case fatality rate of 4 to 6% among the unvaccinated elderly, similar to that of Hong Kong and other Asian countries, it could potentially see over 11,000 preventable deaths nationwide. 70% is not uh, not going to cut it, unfortunately. We really need to get uh, as many elderly vaccinated as possible, probably upwards of 90%. Put your focus on mitigation as well. The path to resilience lies in vaccination, getting as many elderly vaccinated as possible with at least two doses, and also stockpiling antivirals. We have to tackle vaccine misinformation head on. We have to call people out. Like We have to take innovative approaches to this. Catching COVID-19 has to be normalized to a certain extent because unless somebody dies of something else beforehand, they're very likely to catch COVID-19 at some point in their lives. It's here to stay. It's another respiratory virus. Get used to it. Taiwan's ongoing success in beating back its own COVID outbreaks has bought it still more time to prepare for the eventual impact of the virus's spread. Hong Kong's example provides valuable lessons in how not to do this. Before then, government agencies, health workers, media and the public will all have a lot to do. Ryan Ho Kilpatrick for Taiwan Plus. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Nika Vat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.